0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest show
1: on earth. It's lads, dads, and a couple of beers. Big
2: Al and Dave chatting to a couple of peers. Covering the topics that you're gonna wanna hear. Making you laugh your ass off while holding back the tears. Crazy stories, celebrity guests. Come and take a minute to relieve some stress. Regardless of your background, religion, or wealth, the most important conversation is about mental health. Sponsored by F2B Clothing and
0: Buntingford Brewery. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lads, Dads and a Couple of Beers, episode 4. Episode 4, Series 2.
2: Boom! Smash it in there.
0: Oh dear, oh dear. I mean... What a day! (laughs) What a day. What a day. I mean, God. I don't know, really. I don't feel really upbeat, <coughs> like going into this episode, and, I, and that's not because of the guest. Because it's, it's a fantastic guest. It's just everything. It's been a bit of a week, isn't it? Yeah, a Bit of a week. Just a fallout from the football. Look, the boys did really well, and they every single one of the, the team deserves full credit for it. But it's just, it's just madness that the, the backlash of it. And we'll we'll get into it with Patrick. We'll talk to, to him about it, but. We've just named the guest there. No, we have got the inspiring, truly remarkable man that is Patrick Hutchinson. Um, people that will wonder who Patrick is. The name might not need mean anything, but his his yeah. the picture definitely will.
2: Yeah, this is another one of those episodes where we, we stand a, tr- a, a possibility of, of the listeners not actually knowing who the guest is, um, but they'd need to go and find out who he is because yeah there's a really prominent really famous iconic image of patrick we won't go too much into it now and until he comes on um but there's a a photo of patrick which has made him quite famous Mm.
0: we both sound quite like a bit bit croaky
2: yeah, I've got. Look, well, let's talk <laughs> about the week, shall we? Obviously, we had the football on Sunday. We were both together to watch the football, so that was fantastic. But I've got—I've had right sore throat. I've taken yeah, two. Have. I've taken two COVID tests this week just to make sure. And I'm—I'm um, obviously double jabbed as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just felt a bit wrong. Um, I hurt my back at the weekend doing silly things that younger people should do rather than me. Dogging. Um yeah. Oh shit. (laughs) How'd you guess? No. Uh messing around on a friend of mine's speedboat, which sounds very posh and very lavish, but it wasn't. Basically he bought some new uh water sport toys for his boat. So like rubber rings for people to sit in. And one of them was one one of them was called a flyer, right? So it's like um almost triangular shape. And you, you lie on you lie on the wide end and hold right. the handles, and two people can lie next to each other. Right. So it's sort of like a paper aeroplane shape if you think about it. Yeah, um, we had the kids, and the kids were loving it. They were going on it, and they've got a kid as well. So both our children were together, absolutely having a whale of a time. And my friend Matt, whose boat it was, he says I really need to be able to give this these toys, give it some on the boat, Ooh, so I know protect. how to handle them. Oh, Love Island, Love it's Island. From
0: you sent me a link for a new mic.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we're on the back of this boat and he says to me, mate, I, I I need to get the kids off it. I really need to be able to give it some, take the boat up to full speed to see how I can handle it. He's like, "Will you go on the back of the flyer and hold on to it. And I was like, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. No problem. Uh, so I jumped onto the back of this flyer, get get fed out on a, on a water skiing line, holding onto this flyer. Right. And my friend, Matt, just gives it the beans, mate, around this lake. <laughs> and I'm not joking. It was about 40 miles an hour and I'm hanging on <laughs> for dear life. And he was like, oh, mate, I was trying to get you off for ages. But in the end, I did come flying off at about 40 miles an hour, but luckily into the water Bloody and I was yeah. fine. Um, which was all good fun. We had a great time. But the next day, um, rock and roll as I am, went to put my swimming shorts on and pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> wow Wow. so yeah i've been a bit rough and i'm a bit croaky and um yes so sorry if i sound yeah
0: i'm I'm a little bit the same it's um (coughs) i've been back and forth to bloody spain um this last couple of weeks um going back tomorrow um and yeah, it's just, just doing, doing a lot of social media stuff. So that's really good. But it's just it's, it's just knackered me. I'm just knackered yeah. I mean, with the football. And But like you, I've i'm team COVID test. I'm double vaccinated and I'm absolutely fine. So
2: yeah, mine my, my was fine. There was no problem there. But I think it's it's only right now, especially because we can get these tests so easily that we just do them every day. 100%, 100%. But it's just. We need to do the beers, mate. Anyway, we ain't oh, done the beers. God. We started talking and we haven't even done the
0: beers. We've got right off and gone in straight into it. Um, well, yeah. Thank you to our sponsors, F2B Clothing.
2: Yes, mate. F2B definitely.
0: Clothing. Free, free to th- be. Whatever you want to be. Go and check them That's out it. on their Instagram at F2B Clothing or www.f2bclothing.uk. Also, big up, big up to the boys at Bundyford Brewery for supplying us again this week. Um, I'm actually not drinking this week. I'm taking it a bit easy. Um, well, I am. Of, yeah, I just feel a bit like shit. And uh, also our guest is a fitness fanatic. So I thought, Do you know what? I don't really want to be sculling back beers, when I've got a, a fine specimen of a man that is Patrick Cushing in front of me.
2: And I've completely disagreed with everything that I said. i will <laughs> continue to drink. <laughs> um, so I've got one of their fantastic bottled beers again, which is a 500 milliliter bottle, which we've spoken about previously on the pod. So like half a litre in a bottle is pretty bang. Yeah. Um, but I've got 92 Squadron, which is a bitter. And it's a 4.5 percentage bitter, right? Now, I can see Al's raising his eyebrows a bit, and I'll be honest with you, I raise my eyebrows a bit because I'm not I
0: don't think I'm I've seen not a drinker bitter drinker since like, my granddad in the social club in like, 1992.
2: I'm not a bitter drinker, and this, uh, uh, rightly so, scared me a bit because I think, well, um, the boys at Bunningford Brewery do a fantastic job, so a massive shout-out to, to Andy and Charlie down there at Bunningford Brewery. But it scared me a bit because I feel like I've got to take one for the team. But yeah. do you know what? You're liking it. It's actually alright, mate. You're,
0: it's you're actually alright. that would like it though. Like <laughs> it, for earlier, earlier listeners of the podcast, I know that you used to like the ones with all the sexy cans and
2: yeah, yeah sexy yeah. names. I love all that. I love all that. Like so, uh, ninety-two squadrons, right up my street, and it says a battle of Britain clashes bitter. Are you? Right? Are, you
0: are you going to start subscribing to like magazines of collecting coins now and like? It might do. Yeah, start, Watching start buses. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, watching, but do you watching, know what? What's his, what's his name on the old telly? Dickinson's deal, deal, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves a bit of Dicko, don't they? But it doesn't taste like a bitter that I just assumed a bitter would taste. It just tastes a bit like a bottled beer. Well, I used to... I, I must admit, I used to like a Boddington's back in the day. Yeah, that, but that wasn't bitter, was it? What was that? It was a bitter, wasn't it? No,
0: Boddington's Bodies, wasn't. Bodies, the Bodies was a bitter. Was it? Email in. Lads, dads and a couple of... Beers, <laughs> if you <email> If it's I'm a bit, I'm sure.
2: What's bodies of bitter?
0: I don't know. Anyway, speaking of bitter, there are some bitter bastards out there at the moment, are
2: not there? Oh, the world's gone to me. shit
0: again. It's the just way- gone to I- shit. I think it might be worse, bruv. I think yeah. it might actually be worse. It could be. I mean, the, people the anti- are just dickheads
2: all the time. It the just
0: does me in. the anti-vaxxers are up in arms, and they're kicking off about, oh, you know, double jabs, got list and having to travel. So they're all kicking off. You've got mm. all the dickheads that are racists that are kicking off at the three young black fellows who missed a penalty, which mm. is like, ridiculous. And as we're recording this now, Biakasaka has just released a statement, and and it's one of it's one of the. It's one of the best well-put-together statements I've read from a a young man as well. He's just just hit the nail on the head with everything he said. People go and have a read of it. and The
2: the, the boy is absolutely class. I just Uh, think that everybody forgets he's 19, mate. What were you doing when you was 19? I was probably sniffing girls' knickers somewhere. Like, he's playing international (laughs) football. Like... He's done more in his 19 years than I've done in 40 years. Like, come on, man, give the geezer a break. He missed well, the penalty. Exactly. How many of the fat shits that are being racist at home have ever taken a penalty international level? Well, oh, yeah. kebab eating pricks. Do you know what I mean? man? Uh, mate, I, I've been really disappointed with things that have gone on. Um, and just really ashamed of being English. No, like, I agree. The the we, things we, that happened in Leicester Square—it's just appalling. Like, yeah. what's the matter with people?
0: It is terrible. It's just all. And it, I don't know, I'm not, I've not waited to go on social media. And you know, we missed last week we, for the first time in in the whole series of the pod. The whole time we've been on the podcast. The whole time we've had the podcast. We've never missed a Friday mm. when we've been in season. Mm. except for last friday and it was just because we were both quite manically busy Mm. patrick had a lot going on so we couldn't also record with patrick i was in spain it was going to work out a bit tricky and i don't know i just kind of feel like in 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 the timing of this because patrick is the perfect man to come on and talk about what's been going on Mm. and it's just it's just such a shame and it's just so shit do you know what i mean
2: yeah i think it's just that there's just so much embarrassment there from a humane level. Do you know what I mean? Not only being English, being white, being a football fan, just everything, man. It's just, I, I don't, I don't want to get all negs about it. Cause you know that I can get quite negs about stuff, mm. but it just, just fucking pisses me off, mate. Why can't people just be nice to one another why can't people just be normal? And why can't people just enjoy what we've got? We've all had a shit, like, 17 months. Can't we just act like human beings and just enjoy ourselves? Like- oh, exactly. And also, just, like, ch- changing the subject slightly before we get Patrick
0: on. I want to make a mention to, and people might know who these people are, they might not. They're called the Smithy family. They're on TikTok. Um, they're close to nearly a million followers on TikTok. Um, they're just a normal family from South London, <clears throat> and they make funny videos and content. And the guy's been getting... People send him send him takeaways to his house. Uh, right. and, and like not obviously not him not knowing it. So mm. people have been delivering takeaways to his house and he's been like, having arguments with just eating Uberies. People have been ordering escorts to his house. Mm. So he's got a family, he's got young, young children. And last mm. night, um, two kids filmed themselves burning his house down like what is what is wrong with people all through jealousy all through hate all through people that just don't want people to have be successful it's just and, i just and don't I, get
2: it i read maybe, one of the maybe i'm thick his, or something i just don't get it i read
0: one of the comments on his earlier videos and it said oh this was funny not just another desperate fat middle-aged man trying to make it famous on tiktok grow up you fucking sad prick and i'm like what why why do you want to do why why would you say that you wouldn't say it to Jesus. In the street so, I mean, it's just, hate is just everywhere at the moment. And it's, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's its because
2: we're bad losers or what. Uh, I think, I think I actually think it's probably none of that. I think it's something to do with the fact that people feel like they've been restricted for 17 months. So it's all got to pour out of them. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. whatever it is, people just need to check themselves, man. It's just, it's wrong. It's going to be a funny
0: episode. I'm I'm, fe- I'm feeling positive, but yet, Also a bit sombre, really. Um, Uh,
2: Excited, I am, um, because this guy, uh, Mr. Hutchinson himself, um, he's one of these people. Well, we've had a couple of these people on on the pod just just from memory. Um, Patrick's going to change the world. Mm. And I really do believe that. um, um, Patrick himself will tell you his story and everything like that, so I won't take that away from him, but this guy has got a real opportunity to, to change the world. He's got a lot of, um, he's got a lot to say. And he, he speaks. He's got a lot well, to say. Uh, he's very, he's very well educated. Um, he articulates he's very, very well. Yeah, he's very, I mean, accurate. I've just
0: finished his audio book and it's absolutely fantastic but he's
2: also got the attention of some of the most famous people in the world uh, mm. are listening to what patrick says and wants to wants to help patrick out so look it's only fair let's let's do the man some justice so, so I will, i'll let you do the honors this week it must be your turn P- possibly
0: ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the podcast the remarkably inspiring man that is patrick hutchinson
1: well thank you for that intro man i'm i'm doing well i uh, hope you guys are too we're very well we're very well yeah, so I, I, I
0: practiced that intro about seven times in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and for people that obviously won't see because this we're we're strictly audio, Um when Pat first come on the, uh, the the call just then, me and Dave just proper shit ourselves, didn't we? Because he don't think he realised his camera on, and he was looking down the camera like he was going to kill us.
2: Yeah, it's one it's one of those things with Zoom, isn't it? I mean, like you don't there's that kind of delay between you're connected and you're actually yeah, connected yeah. and your camera's on, and and Pat. Blessed heart did his best to absolutely terrify me now, <laughs> and uh, succeeded. We both thought we was in dire trouble, but no. Look, it's it's fantastic to have you on, Pat. So thanks for giving up your time. How are you? How's life treating you? Um, I suppose we should probably talk about a certain football event that happened at the weekend.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, life's treating me well, um, and I'm you know fairly fairly happy. With mm. my space. but yeah, there are things going on in the world that cause us to uh yeah uh get us down a bit from time to time mm. so, I, guess, at- um, I know you guys have been trying to sort of uh make contact with me for a while and you know to do this podcast but as you can see i timed it perfectly for you because- because. Yeah, you
2: did mate you did yeah <laughs> <laughs> because-
1: i mean i need some kudos for that you know i
2: i, I- <laughs>
0: You do, you do. So, for people that are unfamiliar, it's obviously like um, we've been trying to get Pat on for a couple of weeks, and I was in New York last week working, and and it was working out a bit tricky to try to try and get him on. But obviously, with your story, it's very relevant to what's what's happening now, is with everything that's going on with with racism within football again. And we always try and touch on topics that are are, are relevant, and we've we've spoken a lot about racism on the podcast. Um, and your story is, is 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 unbelievable. I've just finished your audio book, and I have to say, and I've said it to you personally as well, and I'm, I'm not just saying it because you're on and you scared me when we come on the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> it, it was one of the best audiobooks I've ever listened to. It wow. Honestly, it was. And when I was travelling over to Spain, it, it, just, it just gripped me. It really did. Um, the, the, some of the topics you bring up and some of the things you highlight as well about people... And the the accidental racists in them that 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 topic that comes up quite often about the accident, accidental racist, yeah. I just found it fascinating, really fascinating. So for people that don't know who you are, Patrick, give them a little insight of, of who you are, where you are in your where your career, what how you've come to be known in the public eye.
1: Okay, well, firstly, thank you for that. Um, it's really nice to hear people say, you know, positive. Uh, Tear jerking things about my book or my audio book. So. No, it's
0: legit. No, honestly, mate. Anything. I'm not. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just blowing smoke up <laughs> your ass. It was. I was on the plane and I was. I was sitting there and it was a few times. I. I had, I had a little tear up. And at one point, the stewardess came over to me and she said, "Um, are you are you are you a wide flyer?" And I fly quite often.
1: <laughs> and my, my
0: dad, my dad lives in America. I used to go and see him from the age of like twelve, flying on my own. So I'm, I'm a frequent flyer. I'm quite happy with it. I said, no, no, no. I'm just listening to an audiobook, and it's, it's just really gripped to me. And she was um she was talking to me, and she said, what is it? And I showed her, and she said, I've never heard that one. But obviously, when I showed her the picture, the famous yeah. picture, she knew exactly who you were. So yeah, yeah. T- tell us, t- tell us, Patrick, about that picture.
1: So so um so yeah. I just start a. A little bit of background, uh, you know, knowledge about myself. So I'm a, uh, uh, you know, black British. Um, born, I uh, was born in Coventry, actually. Um, oh, so you're not a mom, London boy. So I'm not a London boy originally. No, I was born in Coventry, but then I, uh, my mother moved to uh, to London, to Battersea, uh, and that's where I grew up. Grew up in Battersea. I was educated in Wandsworth. Um, and Southfield, so combination, I went to a boys' school in Wandsworth, Wandsworth boys' school, actually, in actual fact, and then I went to South Thames College. Mm. So my, yeah, so my upbringing was Battersea uh, slash Wandsworth. And, um, you know, as a young boy, I did experience quite a lot of overt racism, because back then, I was, I'm was I 50 now, so I was born in 1970. Grew up in a time uh in uh, South London when, you know, racism was very overt, it was really in your face. Uh, which I talk about in my book a lot, and um, you know the the, the days of uh, Alf Garnett on the TV, yeah, uh, you know using lots of uh, derogatory language and stuff, and, and laughing at it, and um, sort of uh, yeah, that was how it was. And even going out and playing out, I, I, le- I grew up on a council estate. Uh, my dad wasn't around, was just my mum and my my sister and I. And um, yeah, on my council estate, lot lots of white friends. Actually, my estate where I grew up on was majority majority white. Um, mm-hmm couple of black kids and mixed race kids but mainly white um so uh yeah I experienced lots of racism from my own mates but it was almost like it was it was like the norm um yeah and it was something you had to sort of brush off and and uh just uh get on with like it's one of those things and 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 even when they it wasn't sort of um sort of perpetrated at me it would be perpetrated at other other Asian or, or black people mm. and it would always be sort of coupled with yeah not you pat you're all right you know but them you know use the p word all the time they use the n word all the time and um sometimes i wonder how i managed to get through all that without being like really really emotionally scarred because i just i don't know i just have a really good coping mechanism throughout my life which has been training and working out and stuff and martial arts and all of that so let's talk about the martial arts aspect of your life pat um have you have you competed professionally, for martial arts? Um, so no, not professionally. I I came into this stuff quite late. So I I did do martial arts as a young boy, but um, I was really sporty and athletic as a, as a young boy. But I didn't get opportunity to sort of express it because I was looking after my sister a lot when my mom was at work. Right. So I sort of uh, took, you know when I got into sort of my thirties and stuff, and as an as an adult, I became you know obsessed with sports and and sort of catching up, making up for. Lost time, I guess you could you could say. Yeah. So I've competed in um, jujitsu. I've done Thai boxing for a long, long time. I've, um, I'm sort of a newbie at jujitsu. Been doing it a couple of year, a few years. Mm. Um, I've competed at jujitsu, um, and and yeah. So and I did a bit of taekwondo as well when I was when I was younger. So I've always had sort of martial arts in my life.
0: Lovely. Do, do you find the spiritualism within martial arts because I mean I, I did a bit of martial arts when I was younger um, I competed I was a boxer as well um, I competed at national level yeah. hey, Dave used to come to female fights didn't you Dave um, yeah
2: yeah. I was, I was there as a fan yeah as a and spectator
0: I nearly turned over pro about two years ago but I unfortunately had a very bad back injury and I, I found and it's something I never really connected with especially especially as I got older it's like the spiritualism side of like uh, mixed martial arts and it uh, got, got brought on me one day when I walked into the gym and we, we used to train at a boxing gym, predominantly a boxing gym. Yeah. And then we went to a mixed mass last year and I walked in and the, the owner of the gym stopped me. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm sorry. What, I'm coming to train. He went, go back out, come back in. I walked back out, come back in. He said, no, what are you doing? And I didn't realize about the respect thing, respect showing, respect to the, to the gym as you walked in. So yeah. do you find, have you found that you've, you've, especially with, mixed martial arts and you've connected them a little bit in that kind of way with the spiritualism side of it
1: yeah when um, yeah doing doing, especially at a younger age they're really really you know like strong on the, the respect yeah of it because it's one of the things they use to hone young young men's skills and try to get them their minds in a particular mm-hmm. place because as you know boxing has saved many a young man martial arts has saved you know equally many a young, a young man and, and it's the respect aspect of it yeah uh, normally young men that like to get themselves in, involved in tear ups and stuff, and they've got a mm. bit of a talent for it, but they don't know how to control it. And martial arts boxing helps you, you know, challenge it into a particular place. And it and, it, and, it, and you learn respect. Once you realise what you can do and the damage you could cause someone, you respect it a lot more. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you walk around and you get yourself into a lot less... Uh, you know, fra- fra- you know, tear ups or whatever.
0: Yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think it helped you growing up as well, that, that that sort of respect aspect that you knew that you could handle yourself, Espe- especially as a, as as a black man growing up in a like you've explained a racist environment? Did you think it gave you almost that edge to know that you could handle yourself?
1: Yeah, um, it made me feel a lot more confident um, mm-hmm. at a time when you know lots of us didn't feel that confident because of you know what we had we were going through. Um, and one of the things that really got me interested in, in the, uh, in, in martial arts and, you know, being able to defend myself was, uh, a few runnings I had with the Chelsea headhunters because they used to walk through oh, my, okay. and as a young boy, they used to kick me off my bike and stuff, um, happened a few times. Um, I didn't know who they were, these guys walking through the estate off to watch a Chelsea game because I lived in Battersea and, um. And my mate picked me up once after I got kicked off my bike. And he said, oh, don't worry, Pat, they're, that's the Chelsea uh, headhunters. They're, they're racist. They don't like black people. And then um, we, we carried on right and we rode off. And that stuck with me forever. And, yeah. and then again, another time I saw them um, and I was sort of transfixed, remembering what my mate had told me. Um, yeah. uh, instead of uh, getting out of their way, I was sort of a bit like a, a rabbit in headlights, sort of just thinking, oh, it's them again and just sort of stuck. And they did it again, you know, pushed me off my bike, you know, get out of the way, you effing you N-word.
0: You can, and, you can um, swear on
1: this podcast, don't be like. <laughs> we yeah. So, um, and so, uh, yeah, that 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 was it. From then, I, I started to have an interest in watching kung fu movies and stuff at home, nice, nice. watching kung fu films. I would style Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee type kung fu movies. And then from there, I, I went into martial arts and decided I wanted to learn how to defend myself.
2: Can I ask you something, Pat? Like, when 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 do you think you first realised that at at what younger age that the world—I don't want to say against you because that makes it sound so bleak. Do you know what I mean? But what, when did you realise that? I don't even want to use the term word different because that's not very nice either. But the 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 colour of your skin mattered. When did you think you first realised? A really good question, mate. And I'll tell you what, it's a really tough one because
1: I'm going through it with my daughters now. My youngest daughters, I've got two older children, two younger ones. And um, for me, um, I kept having these these incidents happening when I played out and stuff. And then my mum sat me down one day and she, um, there was a, I don't know if she, I don't know if it was a video or if it was on uh, TV at the time, but Roots, I don't know if you guys know about Roots.
0: Yeah.
1: And my mum showed me, you know, she she we sat down and watched a series of Roots. And that was when I rea- that was when I realised. Right, this is why people say things to me, say certain things, people treat me a certain way. Mm. Uh, this is the reason why, and certain things are said on happen on TV. This is why, because this is what um, you know, black people went through. Right, mm. and 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 they think that I'm less than them for some reason because of this, mm. uh, and that's why they feel empowered to say what they like to me as and when they please. And uh, that's when I realised, and I was probably about. 10 or 11.
2: Um, So like early 80s.
1: Yeah. So I know i would have been experiencing pockets of racism playing out at the age of nine and stuff. I didn't quite understand it. I just sort of, Mm. uh, you know, took it on the chin, but then at that age when I realized after watching Roots, okay, this is going to be something that sticks with me for the rest of my life.
0: Did you ever think growing up that you, you felt like you needed to become someone to have uh, to, to, to to talk to young people as you got older about, racing that you've occurred or did you think you're going through life that you were just going to try and get through it the best you can?
1: Um yeah I never really thought I was going to be like I don't know a mentor or mm. like I like you say I just wanted to uh make my mum proud in whatever I did. Mm. Um you know be a good father to my children if I had children because I never had a dad and I wanted to be the best dad I could possibly be mm. to make up for the fact that I never had one. Like all the stuff that I yearned for as a young boy from a dad I made sure I did all that stuff with my children because I knew exactly what was missing for my life. Mm. Um, so those are the things I really focused on. To be honest, mm. so if we
0: fast forward to obviously last year and the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah, talk us through that day because obviously I've heard I've heard your, your your audio book and again it's fantastic. The description that you gave leading up to that day and and the walk you did as well, like you put some miles in getting to where you had to go as well um for for people again we'll put the link in 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 the description of this podcast but the you talk in the book how you you set off and you parked up in Vauxhall wasn't it you put some and then you you made the trek across into town and you came across a few people and you said you say in the book how you you had that nod with 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 the hooligans yeah 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 and you had that sort of nod of like we're not gonna fuck with you don't fuck with us like yeah. The talk was through that day. Like what, what made you guys want to get up and go into London that day?
1: So um I was actually supposed to be babysitting that day looking after two of my, my youngest grandchildren. Um so I hadn't planned to go up. Um and there was talk uh, once we saw that Toby Robertson video, you know, we had a number of WhatsApp groups trying to so say, like, who's coming down who uh you know to, to front these guys up and just to support those demonstrators because a lot of us grew up, like you know, in the in the '80s. Had mm. run with the NF and stuff, and you know, fought them and stuff. So we knew what it was going to be like,
0: how it was going to rally people up. Yeah, I mean that that video for people that don't are not familiar with it, is, Tommy Robson put out a video, and it was. It was kind of, it was hate. It was hate. And he's always tried to stay on the fence. But this particular occasion, well, actually, that's that's, that's not true in what I'm saying there. He's not trying to stay on the fence. But he, he's always tried to be as clever as he could with his words. And yeah. in this particular instance, he wasn't. He was just being overtly racist. And he was saying, go and cause harm. Go and cause problems. Go and take on anyone that's not white. And yeah. that, that was pretty much the, the the context of what it was, on I right that back?
1: Um, and the statues had already been boarded up, you know. Yeah. Mm. They'd already been boarded up and they're all safe, mm. but he's you know, his, rally, his rallying cry was to go down there and defend England and just defend right
2: yeah it was that that he said it was defend the heritage of the nation and stuff yeah. like that, even though it wasn't what it was about. But sorry, yeah. Pat, carry on. Yeah, yeah it infuriates that, so, me.
1: Um, so we when we saw that, we were like, uh, we can't just stay at home and, and watch this happen because we know what's gonna happen. And and a lot of the demonstrators were either young. Well, there's lots of women lots of children, and we could just see a catastrophe mm. taking place.
0: Because it's so, key to point out, you didn't you didn't go down there to have a fight. You went down there to keep peace.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we can take care of ourselves. And I, I remember lots of people. Saying, why did he have gloves? Because I, you know, I had the, the gloves on, like the
0: training uh, mitts. Yeah.
1: And um people were saying, "Yeah, why, why did he have Kevlar gloves on with Kevlar knuckles on them?" And blah blah blah. And. Went, you know, went down there for a tear up. And no, we didn't go down there for a tear up, but we were prepared if if it kicked off. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to start, you know, line dancing with people. Of you're going to defend yourself, right? And growing so, up in the environment you've grown up in, that's something that, you know, you should be, be able to do. Exactly. And I know exactly, we know exactly what to expect going down there. So we had to go down there prepared. Mm. Um, but that wasn't the aim. We went down there to keep the peace, talk down some of these uh, youngsters because they're, you know, a lot of them are really volatile. Um, and they, and they you know a lot of them can do things that they're gonna regret later on, you know. Mm. And um, we could almost envisage, you know, five or four, you know, y- young black men ending up behind bars because they've done something silly, you know. Mm. Um, because this, of- was, this was a group of friends of yours, wasn't it? This was a- Yeah, yeah. So so initially there was supposed to be loads of us, but then some people thought it was a trap. Don't go down there, it's a trap, it's a draw out and all the rest of it but we still went and in the end my mate knocked my door and he said listen there's only like five of us you're going to make six you have to come because I weren't going to go
0: right
1: and he said the numbers are so low so I so I had to go and I had to leave my grandchildren with, uh, with with people with somebody else basically
0: and how did you feel in that moment that moment when you when you were leaving um what were
1: your felt, feelings i felt bad for leaving my grand uh, children i'm really close with them especially my 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 two year old grandson um but i felt duty bound for
0: the greater good yeah
1: you don't want, want to be sitting watching the news watching some some shit happen and thinking I should have been there I should have been there I should have mm. you can't rewind time can you you can't go back mm. and fix anything yeah so i thought yeah listen let me let me go let me uh, especially on paper when the odds are
0: massively against you as well yeah exactly exactly well, it just shows your character pat it really does we but some,
2: to make on. some shit did go down didn't it mm.
1: yeah yeah it, it was it was a messy messy day i mean we spent a lot of time walking around trying to get into where the action was. So we actually didn't um, get mixed up in the, what do they call it? What do they call it? The Battle of Chivalga now or whatever mm. they call it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Really kicked off with the, the police and the EDL guys. And then some of the BLM protesters, um, it really kicked off in there, but we couldn't get in because we were, it was all cordoned off. So the, uh, the incident where, you know, I came to notoriety was uh, a bit afterwards when, um, they had sh- they had sort of chaperoned everybody towards Waterloo. Mm. There were hordes of uh, you know demonstrators down by Waterloo Station, and uh, I just we just knew it was not going to work out well down there because it was too many people. And then every now and again you'd hear rushing or fighting got kicking off in particular areas, and we try and go over there and try to defuse it. And we stopped a few things happening. Other things happening on the day, you know, we I remember there was a car um, with two white guys driving through the crowd, mm. and. I don't know if they were EDL or not, but I don't know who drives a car through a crowd of people, you know, mm. and people started shouting, EDL, EDL, they, they jumped on the car, they tried to flip the car, and we, uh, all my mates and I, we got over there and started pulling people off the car and stopped them from uh, turning this car over because they would have turned the car over and pulled these guys out. Yeah, mm. We sort of gave them a few stern words like, what are you doing driving through it? Just get, just, just get the fuck out of here. Just go, just go. Mm. Yeah. They drove on through. Now, I don't know, you know, who they were or whatever, but well, we saved them, but, but that wasn't caught on any, on any uh, you know, social media. media. Mm. Um, and then we saw the incident where um, there were some EDL guys and some BLM guys having a good old fight on top of the um, stairs. So there's like a staircase that At runs by the um, Royal Festival Hall.
0: Right.
1: It's a staircase. Um, and um, it sort of runs up to the embankment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a tear up at the top of the stairs. They're having a good old fight, and then the EDL guys are outnumbered, and they just run off. Um, and they leave this one guy. He's like he's completely out of it. He's you know intoxicated. He's he looks concussed. He's stumbling around, doesn't know where he is. And this uh, Rusta Ruster guy, Rusta Freerian guy, sort of uh, props him up um, and tries to try to help him. And in doing so, there's a few protesters that are realizing what's going on, and he's saying to them, "Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone." I think the rust friend guy was trying to do was get him down the stairs across over to the police to safety, right? Yeah, sure. But um, the protesters started to catch wind of what was going on and they all descended on the two of them. And there was a couple of other protesters also trying to, you know, stop them from hitting him and stuff. But like what were like about 20 to 50 become, became 100 and then like 150. It was loads of protesters um, on them. And then he, he, I guess he had to let him go. Um, and I think uh, you couldn't see where this guy was. So basically... The stairs is the stairs are packed top to bottom and this guy's gone like he must have dropped below below the, the bottom of uh, by the feet of the protesters on the stairs and you can imagine what must be happening to him so uh we rush over there rush over there rush over there because this guy can't be seen um for fear of him being being trampled or whatever something really really bad happening yeah what i can think of was uh, have you seen American history X yep yeah. and what uh edward Norton does yeah when that yeah. guy's got. Uh, Mm-hmm. Puts that guy's uh, mouth on the curb. Yeah, on the curb yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That scene that it's never left me, that scene. Uh, it's a horrible, uh, good, excellent movie, but that scene is like, really harrowing. And I could see something like that something happening. happening yeah, Ooh, yeah. Stone steps here. Um, so uh, we rushed over. We started yanking um, uh, these protesters out of the way by the collars of their necks um, mm-hmm. to try and find where this guy was. And then we finally see him sort of lying in the fetal position um, on the third or fourth step down um so uh, the guys and I were sort of like trying to cover him up trying to protect him thinking like you know they're thinking what what we're going to do because like we're just going to get trampled here in a minute so mm-hmm. I just thought I had a presence of mind I thought you know what I can pick him up I looked over to my left I could see how far the police were and I just thought oh I'm going to pick him up But I, I didn't say it to anybody I just did it mm-hmm. um so I just hauled him up onto my shoulder uh and started to carry him and um at first there was lots of boos and jeers and they were shouting out Fed, 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 which you know means like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Fed. Um, and um as I uh, sort of carried him out, uh, you could feel him, you know, receiving some blows still, because I could feel my body was shuddering under the impact mm. of the blows. Jesus. Um, and then um just as I managed to get him out of that main like sort of uh, melee, there was a claps and cheers because basically there was a most of the majority of people wanted me to get him out of there. Of course, yeah um and they were just cheering and clapping and and that almost like filled me with extra strength and adrenaline to get him out do you know what i mean mm-hmm. with cheering and and as they started cheering i carried him out carried him out and then i put him down over by the police and the uh policeman <coughs> uh, handed him over to sort of said well done mate uh you've done a good thing there and i just put him down and i think about you know 5 to 10 minutes after that the paramedics were seeing to him mm. uh, and that's it and it was obviously caught on uh on camera, um, and it was caught. Uh, it was lots of video footage as well,
0: and, and it went,
2: went massively viral. It went worldwide, though, mate, mm. didn't it? I mean, you like, got attention that... from 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 all over the globe, and yeah, uh, the, the the Obamas not paid attention to it and they uh, saw it. For me, that's Pat, that's got to
0: fool your pride, surely, surely, Pat.
1: <laughs> I mean. As you can imagine, I didn't. I didn't think. did do it for a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the um, you know, the adulation or anything. Mm. I, I completely forgot that anything you do in in the current climate in, in today's in today's world gets caught on camera, right? Most yeah. of the time. And I, that that wasn't that didn't occur to me. It was just like get him out of there before
0: help help help, help a fellow man out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they would have killed him, Pat? You know what, I. I can't, I don't want to, I think I, in my early interviews, I was sort of, you know, going down that road to mm. say that he, he might have been. Um, since then, I've, I've, you know, I've been told, you got to be careful what you say. Yeah. Well, those, why though? Those, I don't, because, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But all I would say is that um, I feared for his life. I feared mm. for his life. See, the, know, see so that, see
0: that. that, there rallies me up a little
1: bit because it's, yeah, it's no, even no. then you're being restricted in what you've got to say. Well, people just say like you know you uh, you know you're not doing anybody any favors saying that he would have
2: been killed. And to be honest, why? Why no? I don't understand. Well, I guess I, but I, I get it because it would it would turn the, the, the as well, the B- and it and it would also well, t- that, turn but... the BLM movement into murderers, yeah. basically. I mean,
0: um, but, but there the, is the argument to be had that if he didn't step in and do what he had to do, the guy might have murdered. I mean, he may. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess the qu- the question is, no one really knows. That's the no,
0: point. Of course,
2: no, no, of
1: don't. Course no, and, it, and yeah, the, the reason why people don't know is because you did what you did. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh.
2: And let's did. talk. Let's talk about the fallout afterwards, Pat. I mean, like we we spoke there quite, very briefly about it. Reached international acclaim. One photo of you carrying the guy out, and and basically saving his life or, or doing, getting him out of a situation where you thought his life, his life was at risk. Saving his life. Um, and even Michelle and Barack Obama paid attention to this photo and it's probably safe to say your life's changed a bit since this one photo of you doing this good deed.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously probably the biggest thing is writing the book. Um and um, then the book, I don't know if I've mentioned it.
2: Did you have this book in the <laughs> bank before the incident? Was it always in the back of your mind?
1: I never, I'd never, uh, I mean, I've always had a, quite an interesting story, um, but um, my brother and I always wanted to sort of possibly write a book of how we met and stuff. But mm. no, I didn't, if I'm honest, I didn't have a book. It was uh, like, you know, we, we got approached by, you know, about three different publishing houses. Mm. I had no idea people would be interested in my story so mm. I thought, yeah have you yeah. been
0: surprised at how how many people have been
1: um yeah I have actually I have been I've got to be honest um it's sort of taken me by surprise and from um, from, all, from all races as well yeah 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 like I mean I've, listen, I've had some really wonderful messages I've had I've had messages from from um, sort of sort of like uh white blokes mm. said they've had to really uh, look at why they do what they do? Mm. Why they? Hang out. totally, totally know what you mean because why they hang out with people that they hang out with because yeah. what I did showed them another side to some things, you know. And just, well, the, it's way quite, you, it's just the way, just saying, just the way you explain
0: the... yourself as well, and the way you articulate yourself as well. I mean, it, it goes about saying it's like, and people listening to podcasts will understand as well and also see that you, 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 you explain things so well. You've got such a way with words, mm. and you're very well spoken in what you, what you're, what you're preaching, and and you know. I don't, I don't want to use the word. I don't like using the word "preach" because people then misconstrue what preaching means. But you do. You do speak very well about 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 everything that's gone on, and
2: I think it's educating just, people, isn't it, it?
0: Yeah, exactly that. It educates people and it broadens out to people, and that's such a credit to you, Pat. It really is. Oh, thank you, man.
2: <laughs> but it is worth saying the guy that um, you saved that day was an ex police officer as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was an ex-British Transport Police, obviously, yeah. Um, Which is crazy.
0: And even yeah, sadder, I
1: you've, like, it, it, it,
0: don't want to ruin the book for anyone, but he's yeah. never once got in contact with you, has he? Um,
1: no, no, I haven't heard from him, Now, I mean, that he's just, like...
2: Yeah, but, I mean, like he could be ashamed for what he was standing Possibly. for at, at that as well. Um, and, but I wouldn't want to piss Pat off either if if, if pat had saved my life <laughs> 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 well,
0: like, well look look at look how our ourselves shots out the
1: minute he covered the chat <laughs> uh, listen i hold no grudges i did what i'd do it again um and you know i'm sure i'm sure one day i'll pass across something tells me i think so oh. i think so, um,
2: but, so let's yeah. talk to- talk about tell everybody about the wonderful things that have happened to you since since yeah. that that moment so obviously there's the book
1: well, there's the um, book We've set up a a CIC company, community interest company called uh, UKI, which is United to Change and Inspire, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, we're going to really try and uh, make a difference at ground sort of level zero for the, um, you know, for the impoverished children, you know, Mm -hmm. not black children, anybody, working class children. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a misconception sometimes that it's just black children we're trying to help. We're trying to help anyone um, that's uh, working class, that's struggling. That's going through certain things. Um, it just so happens that you know when you're black, you have the double-edged sword. Not only are you uh, working class or poor, you also have your race as an issue. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but it's one of those messages I've been trying to constantly push out there that you know the, the, the probably the probably the biggest um, enemies to to black people are the working class white person. Mm. But we should be on the same side. We should be we should be fighting against, alongside one another. You know because we've got the same issues going on, you know, mm. but anything that happens, they seem to blame us for it, you know, blame the immigrants and blame us for this and, and blame us for that. But um we're actually fighting the same fight. If we only if they only opened their eyes, they would see that we're mm. not their enemy. You know, it's the powers that be mm. and, and the powers that be sit back and sort of laugh at all of us and think, you know, <laughs> we've got these lot all uh under the thumb, you know, and we've got them all Eating out of our hands, and we've got them uh, turning against one another. Mm. Have you
0: followed your social media, Pat? And uh, soon especially over the last couple of days, since the fallout from the football, and yeah. what's gone on with the racism within football? I've yeah. noticed that you've been very, very careful about how you've posted. Um, I, I don't know you personally on a level, um, but I think subliminally, I've sort of picked up on the fact that you've been very careful about what you've posted. Um, i mean where where do you honestly where, where do you stand on what's what's gone on in the last couple of days with the football
1: i mean i i um obviously it's an absolute disgrace obviously obviously um, without uh you know there's no without a shadow of a doubt and um you know obviously we really need the powers that be you know the government the uh you know the 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 uh, media social media giants Mm -hmm. To put their fingers out and sort uh, sort this problem out, you know.
2: Definitely
1: online online bullying, whether it be racism or any kind of trolling, all this stuff it happens all the time, and they need to they need to sort it out because, like I mentioned, I think in one of my posts that if you type in anything to do with anti anti vax (laughs) vaccine. You quickly, quickly, they they uh, they flag you up. Right? I, put, I put the exact same post up. Um, yeah. I put it up today, yeah. yeah. They flag you up or, or even try and use some copyright music on a, on a workout video. Yeah, yeah. See how yeah. quickly they shut that down,
0: right? <laughs> exactly. I, I've had the same thing with like yeah. the, the, the funny videos and skits that I've done on, on social media where we've had videos demonetized because there's an Ice Cube track playing in the background, exactly. literally two seconds of it, and then we've got it demonetized and yeah. best part of four grand taken off us.
1: Exactly. So there you go. So you can do it for that stuff, but you can't do it for racism. Yeah. 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 So nice. it tells me that they've got the technology. There's an underlying issue. This stuff in it. Covered. You know, mm. because it probably means losing a few, uh, a, a few users, a few thousand users, maybe. I don't know. But like, it just, it's just a really annoying. But my bigger thing, um, which I always like to uh, talk about, is like, I, I feel like this, this, this racism thing. It's. Uh, it's disease and it's it's sent to, 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 you know, pull us all apart. Like I almost feel like anybody that sort of has those views, they want us segregated. They want us fighting with one another. They want to start a race war. They want to, they want to create as much havoc as possible. Right. And I, and I see through it. So I don't get over riled up about it because I know exactly what they're trying to do. Sure. I mean, it didn't surprise me. And it didn't surprise a lot of black people that, if any of those black boys missed a penalty, this was going to happen. We 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 knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not surprised about it. So all it's we just need is sad, do- isn't it? Sad. that is that be to just pull their fingers out and sort it out because it- we knew that was going to happen. It's that know. kind.
0: It's that kind of approach to it that even saddens me. Like my next door neighbour, um, he moved in about seven months ago. Um, his name's Anthony Dave. You know Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. He's a big fan of the podcast. We've become very very close. I'd go to Far Say, He's one of my best friends. His family are Caribbean. Um, his fiance is white, and he's moved into a predominantly white neighbourhood. Um, I got on very very well with the, the previous neighbours, um, so I'd always make a conscious effort to make friends of my neighbours and we've become really close really really close um and we went out for breakfast yesterday morning and we were talking about having you on and 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 everything like that and he said I've got to be honest it was the first time you walked out the front door and you stuck your hand out to shake me my first thought as a black man was this is this man's either racist or he's not and I need to establish that straight away. And that's so sad that you live in that mindset. And it's the same thing of what you say there about the footballers taking the penalty. They knew it was going to come. Yeah. They knew it was going to come. It's almost like it's it, you're anticipating it. Yeah. And it just shouldn't be that way. It's like there was a post that was... No, up, definitely uh,
2: not in the 21st century. No, absolutely
0: not. And it's... It, I mean... I'm not asking you to come up with a full utopian system on how to solve racism, but how how the fuck do we get around it? Like, do we educate more people? Do we do what we're doing now and talk about it? it there is that thing about talking with people. He edu- said, you know, talking with people that are, that are of colour, you feel fearful for what you might say to offend them. And Akala, you're familiar with Akala? He speaks very the poet, he speaks fantastically about... It's, it's edgy, it's sexy, it's that urbanness about it, but we can discuss it. We can have a chat about it. If we're human beings, we can talk about it. How, how do we open up the conversation to educate younger people that this shit ain't cool. Like we've got, we've got to move on with it.
1: I think that, um, we've got to get to the bottom of why people are like that. And, mm. uh, I, um, think a lot of it is to do with, you know, education in the history. Mm. Sure. More like, um, history has not been told truthfully and in doing so you you only hear unfortunately from, you hear the white history yes you only hear one side of the story mm. uh, the european versions mm. You only hear the good side mm. right? so for example if we i don't use,
0: love about slavery in school
1: right i didn't know anything about slavery but like if i look at christopher columbus for an example right because i mentioned him in my book right? Mm-hmm. Like. He was lauded as a discoverer, right? But he wasn't. He was more of a pirate. Because no, he, exactly, when he, anywhere, he, when he, anywhere he went, like right, First of all, he's not discovering anywhere because these places already right. people yeah, he, he claimed the land there. And then, secondly, you know, they're they're they're, they're raping and pillaging and they're, they're stealing and they're taking people's stuff. Like but you don't get taught that. Mm. You just thought that he is. He was this. You know, he discovered jamaica or wherever and um and you don't get told the truth
0: mm. okay
1: and this is the problem so when history is, is 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 taught like that it empowers one lot of people we're discovering everything we're building everything we're, we're inventing everything and it you know and what does it do to the others you know makes you feel less so when it when it empowers you know white people for example a lot of them walk around believing that they are better than other people, right? And um, when you grow up, like, and it's not necessarily your fault. This is what you've been taught. This is what you've been you've been taught history a certain yeah. way, you know. Um, and then obviously, so you feel you feel you do feel whether you you go around and show it or go around and and be and, and racially abuse people that are, you know, that are that are not white. That's not here nor there. It's the the bottom line is you still feel that you are more important that you are smarter, that you, you know, your ancestors created everything, your ancestors. Your superior race is
0: what they're trying to put out. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and this is where it racism stems from, you know, mm. it stems from, from that feeling, you know, and mm. but some people take it a, a step too far, you know, yeah yeah you know, some people, take, you know, take it a step too far, you know, and, 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 and that's, that for me, that's, that needs to be addressed. This um, is, it's such a
0: shame as well that we're in the 21st century. And and again, I, I go back to speaking about aunt, my neighbour. I've literally, in the last two hours, I've just met it, it for a drink at the pub after work. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, obviously, having you on Pat, and he was like, he's, I don't want to say I didn't know how to approach it, because that's wrong. I'm I'm happy asking awkward questions because I want to educate myself as well. And I want to educate our listeners. And I said to him, I, just, I, I need to understand more of it. And he said, OK, let's look at it like this. There's three people sitting around this table now. It's my friend here, who's white, he's got a beard, he's wearing an orange top. Is you sitting here, white, with a Death Row t-shirt, and it's me sitting here. If you ask anyone here, they'll say describe us three. They'll go the guy in your orange shirt, the guy in a Death Row shirt, and the black guy. Mm. And it just it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way. Like, at, at what point did we did we lose that? You know, it, 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 and when do we evolve from that in trying to get people to see? Past colour, see past race. Yeah. You know, how, how do we go forth in educating people? It's it's such a tricky thing to try and address.
2: Um do, do you know what? I have got to step in there, Al, and I think I think it's actually being taught the other way. Now you can disagree with me here, Pat, Al, it's up to you. Um, but I think that we're being told almost not to talk about race. I, I know what all. you
0: mean. I know what you mean. Because it's it's too much of an edgy conversation.
2: Like, I I can talk to you, Pat, about your heritage and everything like that, and um, where Mum came from and what, how she was brought up. And it, I love it. I love the education side of it, like Al does. But I do feel like people are making it the elephant in the room. Like we exactly. can't talk about Pat's race because Pat's black, and it's like yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't really get that. Yeah, do you I, get I that with I, a
0: lot of white friends, Pat? Um. Or when you meet white people, it's like you you you
1: know that I'm definitely scared to use the word black, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean because mm. uh, like again, you said in your book, you're not black yet. I can't mention it in my book. I mean, mm. it's it's too late now. We've got the label now. Yeah, yeah. People, you know, we didn't need no one needed to be called anything when it comes to colours because none of us are actually I'm not actually black and you guys aren't actually white, really, in color. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. But we're here now, so we just embraced I'm a black guy, you you are white guys, but um but yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't be the be and end all, you know, mm. um, for us. We should still be able to to coexist, and um, and we are one race, really, and that's the human race. Absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, if, if uh, I think about, um, what's that film called? The um, the one where the aliens come down, not Independence
2: Day. I mean Independence Day.
1: There's another War of the world, War of the Worlds. That's war the world. right. Okay. Yeah. And they come to exterminate us all. Right. We'd soon forget about skin colour, then, wouldn't we? When we got able to, oh, out to bloody killer. Oh,
2: yeah. And I saw something the other day about the whole. Don't worry thing About, about the f- colour
1: of anyone's skin, then, because we'd all be one race. It'd be it'd be the human race versus the aliens. Well, well we didn't
0: really care about the colour of, of, of our skins when we were supporting England. Yeah, and
2: that, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, I saw a excellent post the other day that said that you discriminate against them when they don't score would you have hailed them as the as the black gods when they would have scored no you wouldn't have because we would have just gone through as a a nation together and I find that I just find it really sad it's It's, I don't get it it's
0: terrible and I I kind of try and talk to people about um, especially in the area me and Dave grew up it's we're just outside of London so there is there is a, a small element of I don't want to use the words white supremacist that's probably a bit heavy but
2: it, it's he, uh, a, following... it, well it's a it's a conservative ca- county so we live in Hertfordshire Patrick so it's predominantly middle-class white people yeah
0: and there are there are certain people that would follow the, the sort of like the, the movement of BNP, and my one of my close friends um he's, he's one of the dads from the school Jason he, his family are Caribbean and it was really sad one night we were we, we went out for we had a dad's night out all the dads from the school went out and jason was the only black guy and we we're at we were at a pub and i called an uber and i said oh that's our uber and he said oh well, i'll go and get in it and he went to get in it and the guy that wasn't an uber because they could pick up in the picture on Uber, but it was a taxi it was a taxi i must make that point clear because obviously you can facial recognition on the uber with your phone calling you? yeah. so he got in to get a taxi and the guy went what are you doing and he went and Jason went, What? He went, Why are you, what, who are you? And he goes, Oh, we're going down to to, to Welling. We're going down to White Line. This this taxi's put for Casey. And he went, Right, well, you ain't coming in. <clears throat> and I went to get in, I got in the cab and Jason was 10, but shut I mean, I was shut up like that. And I got and everyone got in and the cabbie just completely changed his tone. And I said, Jason, what's up? And he went, Nothing, just nothing I've not dealt with before. I said, No, no, what's happened? And he told me, and I stopped the cab. I said, No, fuck that. We're getting, we're getting out. And he, and he didn't want to make a scene. He, he was desperate not to make a scene. And I said, no, it's not, it's not right, Jason. That's not right. And I was getting so angry about it. Yeah. And Jason said to me, bro, this like, this is my, this is life that like, I'm used to this shit. Like you yeah. don't understand. It's, it's pissing me off more that you're making a scene. Yeah. Get in the cab and go. And I was just like, I couldn't comprehend that. I'll get my head around it. Mm. Like, and it really, really rallied me up. Like, because that's my friend. Like, I look at him like I look at Dave and, and like I look at everyone else. I'm not in any way like that. And I know the people that I surround myself on like that for that exact reason. I don't want to be around dickheads and, and ill-educated people. But f- for him, it was more of an embarrassment for me to kick off and ju- for him just to accept it. Yeah. And I found that uh, I, I, for, 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 it's played in my mind ever since. And this that happened like four or five years ago. Yeah. And I often speak to him about it still. And he's like, hey, like, nothing's changed. Yeah. you can have BLM you can have people taking a knee you can have everything else nothing's changed for him nothing's changed yeah and I just like I see well,
1: uh, well, when you it say that, actually upsets me I actually upsets me you've got Ubers now I mean uh, and it makes travelling a lot easier because I mean I've had if I tried to catch a taxi back in the day it'd be unless it's a black taxi driver uh, it's been difficult in the past I've got to be honest yeah. back mm. in the day when I used to try and catch a taxi they will just drive past you yeah. you know um but um now with I guess with the Ubers and that I mean it's different.
0: Mm. Yeah, no definitely <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: The drivers are, are going to be immigrants as well so you know it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I got getting about it anymore. But I mean I, my thing is this right it's like we can't expect everybody to like everyone right of course we we live in a real world right we live in a real world it's not a make believe world. We can't make everybody not racist and everybody like everybody because it's not going to happen. But what we can do is we can te- tell people or teach people to, you know, if you if you if you are that way inclined, you don't like black people, or you don't like gay people, or you don't like trans people. Whatever the case may be, how about keeping your opinions to yourself? Okay, yeah. Don't be, you know, perpetuating those, you know, those 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 thoughts online. Don't be trolling anybody. Don't see anybody out in the street and, and say anything horrible or, or, you know, to them. Like that's what I would say. Like if you just don't like black people. Keep it to yourself, mate. Mm-hmm. Keep it within the walls of your, the four walls of your house because I can't force you to like me, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would ask from people, just to live and let live. You don't like particular people, then just let them get on with it, you know? You don't have to let that person know that you don't like them, do mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not fair. When you do that, then you're taking the mick. Then you're you're sort of stepping out of your, your boundaries and I think it's wrong, you know? You can't We but, but we have to accept that not everybody's going to like everyone, right? We live in a real world. It's not a kumbaya situation going on here. We have to accept that. Um, mm-hmm. But just let people get on with their lives, live and let live, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, parts of the country don't have any black people, so how can you expect those people to like mm-hmm. black people when they don't, they don't even live, really, live near black people,
2: you know? That's but you, uh, like, it, it, And I've got so much respect for you, Pat, but even that in itself, yeah, where this whole labelling all black people are the same. Yeah. Uh, you have to like them because of their colour. Uh, it just fucking I think be, bothers me. I think it really bothers yeah, me. Yeah, like, like about when you say that, yeah. Like, do we have to like all Irish people? No, you don't, but it shouldn't be about where they're from, what colour their skin is, what religion yeah. they are. If you like someone and you, or you don't, and you're right, if you don't like somebody shut up about it it doesn't matter because all you're going to probably do is upset that person to say that you don't like them exactly. there's plenty of people that i don't like in the world but i don't go and voice it every single day leave them to mm-hmm. it they don't bother me i don't bother them i think for but... the moment this is where we have to be with it because we're not going to change a lot of these people mm.
1: in their ways yeah. but as we educate the children the next generation we educate them things will eventually get a lot better you know but in the meantime if you don't like black people, do me a favor: just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly.
1: Eat yourself, you know what I mean. And we yeah. can all and we can all coexist, and we can all work in the same office or sit on the same bus, ride the same underground. You know, we don't, mm. but we don't have to like each other. But just don't let me know it. I don't have to hear what you've got, to, what, what you think of me, and vice versa. You know, and we can all get on. We can all coexist.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You are a true advocate of the saying, um, "With great strength." becomes great responsibility mm-hmm. and I you've become this leader and this face and um the the BLM whole the whole BLM movement I remember for a long time it was George Floyd rest rest his soul's face that was on that BLM m- movement but but now it's so much more focused on on you Pat and you you've subsequently become this icon and, and this vision of hope for everybody that it's not all about the bad stuff and people can make the right choices
0: no, rather that's, that's than key to break, yeah. yeah,
2: making the choice, what, how they feel and what they do. How, how does it feel to be like that? I mean, like, do you feel the pressure on your shoulders every day and things like that?
1: I actually, I actually don't. And the reason I don't is because I'm just, I'm kind of just being me, you know? Mm. So it's quite easy when you're being yourself. Like um, one of the things that our organization are, are going to be rolling out is like anti-bystander training. Um, you know knowledge training and and what we 're trying to tell people is like you can have fifty people like you know around a particular situation, and at the moment forty eight people are filming and two people are trying yeah. to yeah the problem. Well we need to flip that now and have you know forty eight people Jeez, entered man. the pump and two people filming that 's how it should be Absolutely. You know, that's how society should be you know there's too much uh, people standing by watching things happen when they can do something about it, and mm. we need to change that mentality
2: you
0: know
1: i mean pat i mean before, before we sign off mate
2: um we've kept you for an awful long <laughs> time we, we, I mean, this, I, ha- I, this happens when we start chatting yeah. a bit. i must admit i could talk to you for hours i really could, we, we yeah. almost have to have written apologies to every guest that comes on that we didn't <laughs> yeah, keep do. For 20 minutes.
0: We do. Um, yeah. but i mean before we sign off i mean do, do you feel that that especially in the last year the way that racism has been brought back up to the surface, and rightly so, that we can finally do something with it, that, if, that the powers that be are finally getting to grips that, okay, we yeah you know, enough talking about it now, we've got to fucking do it.
1: You know, we've got to do something. Yeah, I mean, um people are probably not going to like me saying this, right? But had England won that, right, we'll be here again with totally this agree. Yeah, it would it would it would paper over all the cracks. Yeah, and um, we'd all be in euphoria. Listen, I wanted England to win that trophy just as much as everybody else, right? Mm. Um, But if England had won, we wouldn't be here now. Mm. Um, Stuff would be, and this stuff is still happening. It's still out there, and this has highlighted why you know people do take the knee not because of, you know, anything political or because of the BLM organisation. It's because players are still being racially abused. And one of these these idiots going to get it into their head, you know, when they boo it, that it's a, it's a sentiment, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. With any organisation, it's just showing, you know, support and camaraderie for something. And that's it. Nothing mm. more, you know? They keep making excuses and talking about the bloody organization and antifa and all that nonsense it's nothing to do with any of that stuff
0: Mm -hmm. if you could if you could give a message to your your if you could give a message to your young self now knowing what you know in 2021 what would it be
1: wow my young self (laughs) it would be nothing to do with any of this stuff (laughs) Yeah, the reason I've got four grandchildren and, and four children, <laughs> I started really early. <laughs> um, I would definitely not have started as early as, early as I did.
0: <laughs> I'd have been
1: in life a little bit more before having children. I had my, my son came about uh, when I was 20. Like uh, My girlfriend at the time was pregnant and I was 19 when she told me. And uh, yeah, so I started well early and I've been looking after children ever since.
2: Well, oh. I, I've seen your GQ pictures and that's n- there's no reason for that not to have happened. You're a good looking <laughs> lad, Pat. You look after yourself as well. So I can completely understand um, why.
1: Yeah, that's GQ. They they made sure I, they
2: fixed that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate, they'd <laughs> have a massive job <laughs> if that was me. All right.
0: <laughs> Pat, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Honestly, bro, it's... I mean, I've, I, like I said, I could talk to you for hours, but, um, mad, mad respect from me and and, and, and I speak for Dave and for all our listeners as well, like keep doing what you're doing, keep spreading the message and, and, and just, just, I was about to say, stay true to yourself, but you, that's what you do in it. That's you.
2: So, I'm just,
0: uh, one of my favourites. One of my, and I'm a bit. I'm, 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 honestly, I'm a bit emotional on this one.
2: Um, He's a bit starstruck. Yeah, Pat. I, he I doesn't am. normally get like this. He really we, does. We've
0: had we've had some real great guests on, but for me, this is just, this is just so relevant. It's probably this is probably the most relevant episode we've done in the week that we're putting it out. You're yeah,
2: going I, I I completely, um, I completely agree, um, and I
0: and I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to take from it, and I think there's a lot of people that we that I want to steer in the direction of your book because I honestly think it's going to educate people.
2: And for well, me, sir, thank, thank, just thanks for giving up your time. Thank yeah. you for um, speaking so purely about your subject because. Like, like we said, the the elephant in the room that is the race card at the moment, is it just needs to be knocked down and it's a wall that needs to be flattened and forgotten about. And for me, I, I know I'm one of these cynics where love is love and everything like that, but yeah. it's just great. It's great to have you here. It's great to talk and for you to be the force that you are and you made your decision for what you did on that day. Speaks massive volume, so be incredibly proud about what you've done, Pat, and everything that you've got lined up for the future because you really are going to make a difference, mate. We really believe that. Thank you. Take care, Take and care. uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, good Pat. Good.
0: As well, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, Patrick, cuts in there. I feel, I feel really, really, really quite strange <laughs> after that.
2: That was another one of those um chats that we've done, mate, where it's uh, a bit emotionally draining,
0: yeah, yeah, and. I don't know. It's it's such a taboo subject and it shouldn't be. That's, yeah, that's it's the elephant thing. in the room. And yeah. it's,
2: just, it's, but the thing is, mate, and I don't want it to sound like a massive cliche, but when you sit down and talk about that, it, it's, it's really painful. And like, yeah, I, I feel really, I feel really sad. And I do. Like, I do. And what I, 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 what kind of fucking wrong. world do we live in where this goes on all the time? Like, it's just rough. It's rough. I don't know. I can't, I can't, have the strong enough words for it do you know what i mean like i I I feel like i can't dialect enough to to how i feel it
0: it shouldn't happen and and this is and there are people there could even be people that listen to our podcast and think you fucking dickheads like fucking you know there could be people that listen to that because you you just never know who is and who isn't no
2: yeah and we have a really good reach and there's probably going to be somebody that listens to this that has has that those thoughts about people of color educated
0: and, him or pat educated him at least
2: oh uh, yeah and at least what pat said like if you don't like him because of the color of his skin that's fine but just shut up about it and get on yeah. with your day don't go around trying to hurt people mm-hmm. and i know that does that does resonate with the stuff that we've said about online trolls and bullies before like if you've got something bad to say keep it to yourself don't say it to other people it's not nice you don't need to do that you don't need to try and hurt someone or bring somebody down But the whole thing about race for me, it's a little bit different because people can't change the color of their skin. So why should you be horrible to them for something that they can't change it? For me, it's like, I don't know. I just feel, I feel really strange after talking to Patrick. I feel, I tell you what, mate, I feel disappointed in the world. I feel disappointed in the world. I agree. I agree. In 2021, after everything that's happened, since the beginning of time we're still at this stage where we think we've got to be horrible to people because they're not the same color as you it's yeah. fucking stupid it's I mean, even saying it like that it's fucking stupid
0: no yeah no it's just no And i I, mean, I said about it in the podcast it's i just i just can't believe that we're at where we're at in and everyone says it all the time that we're in this the 21st century and it shouldn't be happening but it is happening Okay. Okay. Mm. And there are there are people and there are people that are close to me that are still getting affected by it, and it affects me because it's affecting my friends, and I don't like that because people are dickheads.
2: And to to say it's getting better, to say it's getting worse, whatever people say, like I don't really care about that because it ain't get. It's exactly the same as it's always been. Like it ain't going away, and until somebody like Patrick stands up and makes a fucking difference, nothing's going to change. Like the people that, that the BLM org like they're trying to do things because they're trying to do things like they're trying to make movement and they're trying to get the world to change. And look on the back of a England final that we should be proud that we've got into for the first time in the last 55 years, three young men make a mistake. Don't score a goal. And straight away, it's about the color of their skin and not if they'd scored or not, it's just mate, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's just no, I mean... it's just one of those subjects, isn't it? I just think it's numbing, it's numbing, and Patrick speaks so fantastically, and he's such an amazing guy to do what he did on that day, Al, like talk about pulling somebody's life out of the fire and saving them he he had no second thought for his own safety and knew that he wanted to save that man's life. And exactly. we can say he did. They weren't going to kill him. They were going to kill him. Whatever. I understand that, but he saved his life, man. Like yeah. it's not often that you meet somebody that saved another human being's life.
0: Exactly. And, and, and the fact that the, the man's never got in contact with him is, it is a shame.
2: Um, yeah. It's a bit but shitty, I, I, but it I, doesn't change Pat.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think he probably felt a bit embarrassed about it. And, mm. And every episode we do um we did a crazy corner um, yep. and uh, i'm gonna say it now we have, we've not discussed this dave but i don't want to do it this week um i want this to be a week where we don't do it because i think mm. that people need to take f- full from this episode um and and kind of and kind of have a look at things and educate yeah i and, and think, and think that's right yeah Edu- yeah
2: i tell you what i'm fine with that pal and i support that in every way, and I want all the listeners to in those in those five minutes that we would do the crazy corner and we'd have a laugh, go out there, listen to Patrick's audiobook, or start listening to the audiobook, or or read something that Patrick has written, because he is a game changer. Like you'll be talking about this guy for years, the difference that Patrick Hutchinson made, saving that guy that day and everything he stands up and talks about. This guy's 50 years old. He's got his own kids. He's got a beautiful grandchildren and everything like that. Go and listen to what he's saying. percent. Um, and you know what? Be nicer to each other. I'm going to say that as well. It doesn't matter what you look like, color your skin, the racism, the, the religion, anything like that. Just be fucking nicer to one another because like we've had it recently. We don't know what each other's going through. We've got a friend of ours that's going through some shit and like just being nicer to one another. Like people need each other. Like we're, we're about to come out of this lockdown and all the restrictions are going to be removed of all that they want to be removed, whatever. I'm not going into detail, but people need each other. And that the human touch and comfort from another person is really important. And like we're, we're a mental health podcast and it's worth saying, mate, that, Sometimes you just need a cuddle off of somebody. Sometimes you just need someone to be there for you and tell you that everything's going to be all right. And 100%. It's, it's such a cliche to say it's okay not to be okay, but it is. And I just want everybody to be nice to one another because we, we, we don't know what people are going through.
0: No, I, yeah, um, I was a bit quite there. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I totally agree. Um Yeah. In the wake of everything that's gone on this week, it's only right and fitting that we say the message and we're predominantly mental health podcast. But listen, you've got to be mental in the air to think you're fucking doing shit like you are going out and abusing black players because they've missed a penalty. So yeah, go and, go and download Pat's audiobook. It's, even if you buy the book or buy the hard copy, just have a listen, educate yourselves. The man, honestly, he speaks... He speaks truths. Uh, the book's called Everyone Versus Racism, A Letter to My Children. Um, There's some really, really fantastic segments in there where he, he's actually writing a letter to his children. He talks about his upbringing and you will be shocked. That's what I'm going to say. You'll be shocked to hear what he's got to say because mm. I think people are scared sometimes to listen to this kind of story because they feel like they've heard it before. You haven't heard this one before. So, mm. listen, let's sign it off. For me, have a fantastic week. Um, Shame about the football, but it is what it is. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Yeah, and
2: from me, the sunshine's coming back, people. Don't let the don't let the football result get you down. Um, our boys did us fantastically proud in the first time in 55 years. Um, there's more good things to come. So enjoy the sun, take care of each other, and we love you lots, and we'll speak to you soon. Ta-ta! Thanks
0: for listening to this unique episode of Lads, Dads and a Couple of Beers. Do need to give a quick apology. Firstly, I apologise my microphone broke halfway through the chat with Pat. Didn't notice it until we just started the editing process. Can only apologise. Also, we understand there's a little bit more swearing in this episode. Listen, me and Dave both feel very passionately about this topic that we spoke about today. And we also understand that we sounded a little bit more sombre than normal. It's been a tough week for everyone in the country. And I feel that we all need to come together here at Laz Dads and a Couple of Beers, we don't condone any form of racism. If you're at a sporting event and you witness racism or any acts of racist activity, report it. Report it to a steward, report it to the police. Just report it. Do your bit, guys. And we hope that you take a lot from this episode. We'll be back next week with an absolute belter. But going forward, guys, let's just be kinder to each other. Like Dave said, sunny times are coming. And we thank you for listening to this unique episode of Laz Dads and a Couple of Beers. Take care.